we're going to talk about. We're in the introduction to heavenly crowns, and Jesus will judge all believers for rewards is the title of the message. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.10. 2 Corinthians 5.10, I'll start reading in verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. As they talked about in Sunday school, being accepted by Christ, you're accepted by God through Jesus Christ, regardless of how you labored, because you're covered by the blood of his son. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There's people that would like to argue whether we have a Burma judgment or a uh, white throne judgment. When you get back to the book of Revelations, I see one verse that stands out. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, doesn't matter what you think, everyone's going to stand before God. And so that's where we start out with the message, God is a rewarder. Hebrews eleven six. go over to Hebrews eleven six, And we'll see there in the book of Hebrews, towards the end of your Bible, Hebrews, James. I always like Hebrews, that's why Raymond does the coffee. He's a he in Hebrews. Hebrews 11.6, he also delivers pizza, I'm told. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We overlook that. We, uh, we kind of bristle when we hear somebody talk about God being the judge but he's a rewarder. I always use the illustration, maybe I wear it out a little bit, but I was called in Oklahoma to judge a great big horse show one time. $5,000 was the first prize. And that gets weighty on a judge because then you've got all kinds of reasons. An old cowboy once told me, if you're not trying hard, if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. So when you got $5,000 riding on it, you have a lot of people pressing for the mark, so to speak. And I uh, had a lady approach me after the, after the, uh, after the show was over, and uh, she said, what didn't you like about my horsey? And I told her, I liked your horse. I liked everything about your horse. You come out to the farm, and I'll sell you three of mine for one of yours if you want. I just liked some of the ones ahead of you a little better. That's it. So you got to reward that we, we always look at judgment in a negative format. And most of us can't get around 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, where he will judge us. We'll all stand before the seat. But we don't realize that he gives us a positive side to that. We will receive rewards in heaven. God is a rewarder. Hebrews eleven six says so. I just read it to you. It's not only important for us to believe that there is a God, it is vitally as much important for us to believe that he is a judge and a rewarder. You get people that go, what's my direction in life? Why am I here? So what? Why, why when I get saved, don't I just get ushered up into heaven? What's this all about? You're here for a reason. Everyone is here for a reason. 
Everyone was here for a reason before they were born. That's why God has the attitude he does about the unborn child. And that was something I hadn't heard in a long time. I could not remember, but the Bible refers to the unborn as children already. I know how he referred to the unborn before, that he knew them, and before you were in the womb, you, you know, all that stuff. But that point about they're called children. So when isn't it a child? When it's in the womb, it's a child. When it's born, when it takes a breath of air, it, it's still a child. Okay, so we have to keep in we have to keep that in mind that uh, God has a purpose for everyone that breathes air. He even has a purpose. I asked one time when I was a young man, "Why is my little niece handicapped? Why is she?" Emotionally, physically retarded. Why is she? Why can't she talk much? And why is her heart so big? Her chest swells up, and she has a heart attack when you sing "Happy Birthday" to her. It literally had a mild heart attack when we sang "Happy Birthday." Why does God make people like that? And uh, Father said to me, he "said So you can be grateful for the way you're made. There's a purpose for everyone in this world." Big or small, the purpose of redemption, the purpose of value, the purpose of, 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 of life is all revolves if you have the right focus, not on how much money you make or how much you earn or what pinnacle in society you get to. It all focuses around your value in God's eyes. And that's what we should strive to have is value in God's eyes. Not necessarily value in everybody else's, but in God's eyes. He's a rewarder. He'll give you as you strive for that. You know, you get a reward for participation. One of the biggest rewards and what they're alluding to here in Scripture, I believe, is salvation. Diligently seek him. I've told you uh, several times that the most powerful prayer you can pray is, God, make yourself real to me. He'll follow through on that. He just wants that door, an opportunity to walk into your life and to be part of your life. He wants you to open that door. You are in control. And you have to yield to him before he empowers you, before he directs you, before he guides you, before he can even give you a reason for living. It's not only important to us that we believe there is a God, it's also vitally important that we believe he is the judge and rewarder. When we realize God is a rewarder and supreme judge, this will definitely have an impact on how we live our lives. Starts with salvation. You ask me, I've talked to many people that had problems with admitting there's a God. Do you know why we have a problem with admitting the God, that there's a God? Because that means we have somebody superior to us. The biggest thing that stops us from admitting there's a God is pride personal pride, and we'll probably look into that this evening because we're going to talk about Lucifer and his pride. But God wants us to admit he's there. And once we admit he's there, then we know there's a standard. Then we know there's goodness. Then we know there's value. (laughs) Then we know there's different things in life that we have to contend with, and we have developed the right attitude. If you go, there is no God, you're, you're free. Do what you want. 
No conscience. No, a psychiatrist once told me, he says, you Christians, you guys all got overdeveloped consciences. <laughs> Amen. The Holy Spirit moves upon this land and he moves upon our hearts and he dwells within us and he enlightens our conscience to agree. You get a conscience when you realize there's good and bad. Otherwise, you don't have a conscience. And you've been given that as a gift so that you realize sooner or later, and I'm going in circular reasoning, they call it, you'll realize sooner or later there must be some place where value starts. Otherwise, we'd all be working for gold, and why would we work for it? You know, why would we do anything? What sets gold as a value? Well, what sets gold as a value is, is not putting God as a value. It's a replacement. Just like anything else in our lives, it becomes a replacement for true, the true value of God in our lives. God has rewards for us here and now. Malachi 3, 6 through 11. And... Uh, you know me, I don't like to preach on two things, mother-in-laws and money. Uh, <laughs> I had a dear, sweet mother-in-law. I'm just picking on Brother Russell from Sunday school. Uh, but uh, I want you to look at some verses here. I think this is a, a classic portion of Scripture that shows us that God doesn't only judge us, but he rewards us. We take it so much, we get this critical attitude that I grew up under a religion, and it was a religion. I didn't have a, much of a faith because everything just was cut and dried, and that's the way it was. I didn't have to exercise any belief because if I was bad, I got spanked. If I was good, I got a reward. So it was easy for me to kind of comprehend that God has two sides to the coin, so to speak. But he wants us, especially when it comes to uh, uh, this portion of Scripture, to realize that he is a rewarder and he is righteous, and he is truth. Yeah, God becomes part of, when God becomes part of what we try to be, God becomes part of what we do. When God becomes part of what we do, we, he becomes part of what we are. And so let's look at uh, this portion of scripture that happens to deal with money, but it's just where your heart is and where your treasure is. You know, we talked, I already picked on gold, but let's look at Malachi chapter 3, 6 through 11. For I am the Lord, I change not. I love that verse. I've been looking for that verse for months because there's another verse in the New Testament that says about Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know there had to have been a companion for it, and this is it. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, Ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and I have not kept and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet he hath have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Well, I know people that don't want to go to church because they don't want to give anything to the church. I guess they think the fuel bills are paid by the bear that comes out and leaves donations in the parking lot. I don't know. But that's all part of life. It is part of life. But we are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. There's the judgment. And he's judging these people for not putting their 
priorities in place when it comes to the things of the Lord. Bring ye all the tithes unto the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not. Here comes the blessing. He's a rewarder to obedience, too. He's the judge, and he's a rewarder. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and ye shall not be... and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruits before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, I, 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 I like money as much as the next guy, and I was self-employed for years. And I went to church faithfully, and I even learned to tithe because I didn't want to get robbed of a blessing. But I still had to deal with being there on Sundays, and I still had to deal with being faithful to the services and, and spending some time with the Lord and in the Lord's Word. And I had come to the realization one day, if I gave him Sunday, you know, I would get more time in the saddle, so to speak. And as I gave him Sunday, I says, oh, that's going to cost me. At that time, I think I was making $180 a day. That's going to cost me $180 just to go to church on Sunday. Just to be there, it's costing me money. Then he's going to want me to give him money, and it's going to cost me two, dollars $300 before I get out of there. And this is not a message on money. This is a message on your priorities. And as, your, as my priorities got right, and I started giving him my Sundays, I found out I had just as much money at the end of the week, at the end of the month, as I did when I gave him my Sunday. In fact, I got a little more from time to time. As I said before, I used to go to the racetracks and work the racetracks. And I was getting clients all over the place. And they knew I wasn't going to be there on Sunday when they ran their races, which is very important to a lot of those people in case the horse loses a shoe or something like that. I had to be there. They knew I wasn't going to be there, but they still took a chance because they knew I was honest, wasn't going to make any detriment to them. And I was getting more and more people. I get people call me up. Oh, you're the guy who, who you're only there through the week? Yeah, we'll be there. We'll come a day early, and you can shoo them up on Thursday instead of Friday and all kinds of things. The Lord blessed it directly and indirectly. Now, it didn't happen overnight, but it happened rather quickly. As you yield to God and allow and become obedient to God, you're going to reap rewards. Another reward is... I stood before God one day with a back out of surgery, wake, woke up from surgery, three days in a coma. I woke up and she was crying her head off. I thought I was out for three hours. I did. They said, three hours you've come to and you'll be just fine. You're going to get up and you'll probably be able to walk out of here in a couple of days. I didn't walk out of there for 60, 90 days. The knife must have touched some nerve in my back. He said, we don't know exactly what went wrong, but you are now paralyzed from the neck down. And I laid there in bed, and I go, Lord, I gave you Sundays. I gave you Wednesdays. I went to seminary. I went to church. I went. Now you got me laying here, and the rest of my life I'm crippled. Do I look crippled? I'm on borrowed time. Because I gave God my time. 
I can stand before him and go, Lord, I gave you Sundays, I gave you Wednesdays, there was missions conferences, and I did all kinds of things, and I just, I, 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 why are you doing? Well, it's maybe time, next time I'll go home. But right now, I can tell you, I'm not worried. I'm on borrowed time. As John R. Rice once said, he said, as a guy held a gun to him, trying to rob him, he says, what are you going to do, give me a promotion? Mm -hmm. You're going to get promoted. I'm going to get promoted one day. Now, one of the things that that all did in my life is help me to arrange my priorities even more. And that's why as I come to this church now, I'm already thinking and preparing this church for the next one that comes. And that's only right. I'm not going to live forever, and I got news for you. You're not going to live forever, and neither are you, because my Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And you're, as sure as I'm standing here, you're going to be judged. And are you going to get rewards, or are you going to get shame on you? Well, we're all going to be in heaven. That's great. But, you know, you could put off being there by your attitude on life right now. I've seen people ushered into the gates of heaven. I think of a man that stood before me with tears running down his face, beat to a pulp. You couldn't, I couldn't recognize him. I says, why couldn't you stay away from the bottle? He says, I can't, I can't, I can't. He says, it just gets over me, and then I start a fight. And he, he was just beat up. But he was happy because he was in jail. Tears running down his face. I'm happy now because I don't get tempted in here. And he knew he had rewards if he stayed sober. Don't let God put you on your back for three months. Don't let God cripple you up or cause financial disaster. We've been, I can't say everything's going to go great once you've committed yourself and your finances and your life to God. As we went Sunday school class, I don't know who's going to be a preacher in here. I don't know who's going to be a missionary in here. I don't know who's a saint or a sinner in here. I don't. I cannot say what God has for your life. But he has better things for you as you yield to him. And that's part of those rewards. As you do and become obedient to God, you won't have to worry about dying of syphilis. You won't have to worry about dying of lung cancer. You won't have to worry about falling asleep in your face and throwing up and killing yourself. You won't have to worry about all those kind of things as you yield your life to God. You won't have to worry about going broke because you can't go broke if you're not rich. <laughs> but God will take care of you. He promises that. That's part of his reward program. When you understand and realize a relationship with Christ, you'll have reasons for living. Yes, God is a judge. He is just as a, he is a judge and a rewarder. God has to judge sin. That's called justice. And God judges goodness. That's called reward. So when you submit yourself to God, it takes courage to put yourself in someone else's hands as a judge of your life. You're, you're going to have to uh, let him. You're going to have to submit to those ancient words. You're going to have to submit to what he'd have for you to do. And you'll have, I, I, I tell you, I would rather be in God's perfect will 
than outside of his will and rich. Outside of his will and healthy. I just went through that within the last three months right here in Alaska, didn't I? Is this my per your perfect will for me, Lord? I just want to retire. I just want to kick back, and I don't want to fight Johnny such and such and sister so and so and, and get up in the morning and pray for an hour and a half and before I feed the dogs. And I don't want to do that. I just want to get fat and happy. And he says, you won't get either one if you don't give me my time. And I got you here for a reason, and it's all fell together for you, the sakes, your sake and the sake of others. Encourage one another, my Bible says. That's why you're in church today. I hope this ends up some kind of encouragement for you. Let me go through the last of it. The other verse I'd like to touch on, it becomes obvious that we do what we do in life matters a great deal. God is looking for opportunities to reward you for what you do here and now on earth. Patience, practices of faithfulness, hard work, obedience, and many other things. God doesn't let those things go by. You might say, oh, I had an aunt or I had an uncle or I had a cousin. Was, did everything right. Did everything right. Never seemed, never wouldn't say poop if they had a mouthful of it, as, as the saying goes, which they never said about me or my grandmother. Uh, where do you stand? Where does that person stand with God if all of a sudden you see tragedy in their life? Well, I think God wants them home. I think God's reward them. You don't know. I know. I got word this week within the last 24 hours, that three co-workers of mine over the years, faithful men of God, wonderful servants of God, people I've sat down, prayed, and fought the devil with in old folks' homes and in churchyards and in backyards, men that I stood shoulder to shoulder with all died of COVID in the last three months, three of them. They might have not made it this far if they hadn't done what they did before. I know they're at peace with God. One of them, one of the survivors who was a Mick, and that's why I get you mix all mixed up. It's McDaniel, McDonald, McGraw. It's McGraw was who called me, and uh, he said, "He said, Willie is gone." He said. He's gone. I talked to him just the other day. We, we, he came out to the farm, and we were shooting guns, and you know, I seen his son, and his son, he's got two boys, and oh, he was there, yeah. Well, one of them was haywire with him a couple of years ago. No, they're, they're back together. Life is great for him, and he's gone now. I says, yeah, we'll get together real soon, real soon, real soon. God will reward you. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. I seen a little gal singing the other day on the internet. She's singing, he knows my name. He knows your name. He knows every one of yours. Let's all stand. Matthew chapter 6 says, So that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees that is done in secret will reward you. Talking about how we to give. Just followed through on the money side of that message. But in principle, I'd like you to 
you want to know where you stand with God, one of the first, now we got a, now we got this thing we call a charge plate, and everybody looks at that on their statement. Look on that statement, see where your priorities are. That's what, you know, money reveals a lot about your priorities. Oh, I ain't got any money. Okay, then start figuring out where you spend your time. Where do you spend your time? Time is money, isn't it? It's all where your faith is, where your heart is, where your attitude is. Yield to God. And you know what? I hate, I don't want to say it quite, but God will yield to you. Yield to God. I don't know what he wants for your life. I don't know what charge he has for you. What, what, what you want to talk over with him. But as you submit to his word, I promise you, he will reward you. 